Well, I'm grateful to God. You know, I've been, uh, I'm excited because I feel like the Lord's getting ready to do some awesome things uh, during revival this week. But I've also sensed in my spirit that <clears throat> there's some stirring up that he wants to do here in us. So uh, I didn't realize how homeless I looked until I walked out of my office and saw myself in the mirror. So please excuse my frumpiness tonight. Uh, but it is just us. It's the home folks. So anyhow, praise Lord. I've been thinking about you today, Miss Rhonda. And I want you to know how big of a blessing you are to me and how much I love you. I really appreciate you. You have really, really been a blessing. And and all, I mean, all of you have, but I, I don't think I've ever told Miss Rhonda that enough. And uh, boy, I sure love you. Thank God. <laughs> now, now you and Joe are talking noise to each other. <laughs> you did so good up till today, Miss Rhonda. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you were so humble up until today. <laughs> Hello, Melody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So uh, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of the ministries of the Spirit. Is there any, uh, have y'all had any questions concerning the gifts of the Spirit that you would uh, like to ask? We've been talking about the word, gift of the Word of Knowledge. I told you we were going to finish that up last week and we didn't get all the way through it because I wanted to share some of the, 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 where we see an example of the workings of the gift of the Word of Knowledge in the New Testament. Of course, uh, we, you know, we've, I think most of us, I think most of you have an understanding of what the gift of the word of knowledge is. It's not the gift of knowledge, it's the gift of word of knowledge. And so, um, but uh, I don't think I'm going to go, I don't think I'm going to do that because, uh, or go into the gift of the word of knowledge anymore um, as it is in the New Testament. But here, what I will say is this, is that the gifts of the Spirit don't just work in a uh, church setting or, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times we're, we're here and we're talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit, and we get the idea that the manifestations of the Spirit are reserved for our gathering, you know, in, in church. The reality is the gifts of the Spirit can work anytime the Spirit wills. And sometimes He wills to work and to manifest Himself outside of the church setting, uh, although, you know, our, our chances are exponentially higher that he'll manifest himself through those gifts when we're together, uh, because, you know, God will, uh, God will demonstrate uh, what his word says among, you know, among his people. You know, the Bible says the disciples went and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, demonstrating through them what they preached. And so we can expect the Lord to manifest himself, the Holy Spirit to manifest himself through gifts of the Spirit. Uh, as we gather here, as the Word of God is preached, when we exercise faith in the Word of God. But you know, the gift of the Word of knowledge, you know, God's sharing uh, those nuggets of knowledge with us. Sometimes that happens when we're, when we're in our prayer time. Uh, you know, the Lord will lead us how to pray through the gift of the Word of knowledge sometimes. He'll uh, drop something, in, which is why I mentioned to Miss Rhonda what I said today, because as I was just here at the church and praying and, and preparing and uh uh, singing and uh, there's just something in my heart that said you need to tell her more often how much you appreciate her because Miss Rhonda she's been a staple at this church boy um, and she don't make a whole lot of noise as far as hey look at me you know look what I'm doing but I'm gonna tell you right now there's a lot of stuff that 
Hadn't it been for Miss Rhonda, it wouldn't got done. So uh, I really do. I, I, and I've seen it. I've, I've recognized it over the years. Sometimes we just need to acknowledge it. But anyway, but sometimes that's the, that's the Holy Spirit giving us a word of knowledge, giving us something in our minds, you know, putting a thought in our minds. I think uh, uh, sometimes those words give, our, give other people encouragement. When God gives us a word, we may not know exactly why it is that the Lord has given us that understanding, but uh, we've got to be obedient. Amen. Gil got a word of knowledge over at a men's meeting that we were at. Uh, he was sitting there, and there was a fellow that got up, and he was sharing. I think he was testifying, and then maybe he was asked, asked to pray, uh, but he got up, and he shared something. And Gil, I was, I was so happy that Gil did this. Man, I could have I danced around that whole building when Gil did this, but he, Gil just said, hey, I got something to say. The Lord showed me something about you clear back in revival last week, and, and he started sharing a word of knowledge. Man, Gil doesn't know how much he encouraged that guy. When I talked to Pastor John and Sister Bernice, uh, of course, Pastor John told Sister Bernice the word you'd given, and, and then they began to share with me what this guy had endured over the last uh, month or so, and I was like, he needed that word. And Pastor John was like, yeah, he needed that word. So, and Gil doesn't know, you know, he just, he's just saying what, and probably leave, leave, leaving the church thinking, man, I hope I didn't mess that up. Anybody ever done that? You know, man, I hope I didn't mess that up. And uh, he didn't, he didn't mess it up. So uh, praise God for the word of knowledge. But uh, the word of knowledge is, can, can happen and work in you and manifest in you as an aid to prayer. Um, uh, as an aid to minister to one another on a on a on one on one uh, personal level, and uh, can be helpful in that way. Praise God, Amen. Amen. Well, I was I was going to tell Ayla healing room one time. She's in healing room, and there was just this strong feeling that that I say it's a feeling of a divine compulsion to say something. Uh, of course, I was. I was just so proud of Ayla that night just because she had done such a great job. But I really feel like the Lord sometimes, he has us to say these things as an encouragement to people, just so people know. Uh, it may seem like an encouragement from man, but boy, when you really feel encouraged, you know, it's, sometimes it's not really man that's trying to encourage you. Sometimes it's the Lord working through them, uh, through that gift of the word of knowledge. So anyhow... So there are different ways. Um, hallelujah. I could give you lots of testimonies of the Lord using me in the gift of the word of knowledge, but let's, we're going to move on to the gift of the word of wisdom. So let's read um, 1 Corinthians, uh, again, out of chapter 12. <clears throat> so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll start with verse 7. It says, uh, I believe it's verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing uh, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one in same Spirit, dividing to every man dividing to every man severally as he will. Amen. 
dividing to every man severally as he will. In other words, there's not one person that's left out. In studying uh, the nine gifts of the Spirit, we can see from these verses of Scripture that all these gifts work according to the one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Turn to someone and say, every man. Now listen, you can't, you, can't, you can't base the qualifications for being used by the Holy Spirit in the gifts of the Spirit. You can't base qualifying for that on your performance or on the fact that you were good enough. You're, listen, you're not good. At, you, you need to get that out of your mind, being good enough. You're never good enough. And even though you might feel like you did better on certain days than other days, that's not what God that's not how God determines whether or not to use you. God, God doesn't determine whether or not he's going to use you uh, based on whether you feel like you did a good job that day at remaining saved. But he does use you on this basis, availability. Availability. If you'll make yourself a, amen. You know, there are shopping carts that never get used because they're never made available. That shopping cart that sits in the storage room. Anybody ever work at a grocery store? Anybody ever remember that stuff that sat in the back that was never utilized, never got used? Why? Because it wasn't available. There was no availability to some of that stuff. Some of you got stuff in the, in the attic. Uh, you get no use out of it. Why? Because it's not available to you. You're going to keep it for 20 years, but it's not available. It's not available. <laughs> it's, not, it's not accessible for you to be able to use it, you'd have to dig through all that stuff. So what we have to do is we have to make ourselves accessible and make ourselves available to the Spirit of God. You say, how do we do that? Well, number one, by being aware that He wants to use every one of you regularly. He wants to manifest Himself through you on a regular basis. In fact, you know what? I believe God wants to use you every day. You know how often I believe God wants to speak to you? Every day. Amen. You know, there, there have been days that my wife and I have gone without speaking to one another. Not for anger, not for anything else, just because of, well, you know, there's a few times she didn't talk to me because she was angry. But anyway, um, but sometimes because of, uh, you know, we didn't have a good uh, a reception for cell phones or whatever. But had, had it been up to us, we would have spoken to each other, you know, every day. <clears throat> and God will, God will speak to you every day. Some of you say, well, I don't hear his voice. Well, you have to listen. You have to, be, you have to expect that his sheep hear his voice, and another, uh, they will not follow. They'll not respond to. They will not hear. They will not listen to. Amen. And, uh, but if you'll, if you'll expect, if you'll believe, if you will uh, make yourself available and accessible to the Holy Spirit, he will use you. Amen. So these gifts of the Spirit, he devised every man, and, and it's the Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts as he will. So let me again emphasize that as a church, a local body of believers, that we are to desire these gifts be made manifested among us. We are to leave it up to the Holy Spirit to use whoever he wants to. Um, and, and we need to understand that he won't use everyone exactly the same way. But he uses everyone. Uh, he uses everyone differently. <clears throat> so the Bible plainly states that the Holy Spirit divides the manifestations of the gifts 
of the spirit to every man severally as he wills. Someone may want to some someone may want to be used in a certain gift. However, this may not be what God wills for them. And uh, so we must stay open to to the Lord and let his will uh, be done even in the area of spiritual gifts. Uh, we get into trouble many times by wanting to do something ourselves and to have what we want instead of what God wants. You say, well, how do I determine whether it's what I want or whether it's what God wants? Well, when the anointing comes on you for the purpose of doing it, then you'll know that that's what God wants. Uh, when you're trying to get out there and make it happen, well, then you know it's what you want. <clears throat> what's, what's crazy is that God may very well give you what you want and his anointing come upon you and use you to do what you wanted to do, uh, but you just may have to wait on that anointing and that manifestation of the Spirit uh, to come. I know that uh, I know I had a desire to be used of the Lord in uh, spiritual gifts, and um, man, I was looking around every corner for the gifts of the Spirit to be made manifested in my life. And I remember the very first time the Lord, uh, I would say the Lord used me in a gift of the Spirit was in the gift of tongues uh, and interpretation, which we'll talk about later. But I remember that sitting there in the service in the Mennonite church, and I'd heard different ones give tongues and interpretation. Well, one time I'm sitting there, and I'm pestering the Lord about using me, and there came a, there came a, a, a point in the service where it seemed like uh, there was an opportunity for that to happen. There was a lull or, or a point where it seemed like if that was going to happen, it would happen then. Well, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. And when the Spirit of the Lord came on me, you say, how do you know the Spirit of the Lord came? Listen, if you don't know when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, or if you're, if you're, if you're still asking that question, then number one, the Spirit of the Lord had never come on you. Because if you don't know what you do, if you don't know what it is like, that means it's never happened to you. Because if it ever happens to you, you'll be able to distinguish between when the Spirit of the Lord has come upon you and when the Spirit of the Lord hadn't. In, you'll be able to tell when you you would be able to tell me when His Spirit is on you and when His Spirit ain't on you. Now, if you don't know, it's because you haven't had His Spirit come upon you. So you know what you need to pray, Lord, let Your Spirit come upon me. Let me be aware of Your of your presence. But his spirit came upon me. When his spirit came upon me, then came the a decision. Am I going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit? Am I going to give myself over to him and allow him to do whatever he wants to do through me at this moment? Or am I going to sit here and, uh, and um, um, roll the idea around in my reasoning and in my head? You know, once you get in your, once you start getting in your head, you lower the chances of your obedience exponentially because the gifts of the Spirit come out of one's spirit, not out of one's head. And the, the moment you get over there into the realm of reasoning, you've gotten out of the realm of the Spirit and you've begun to function in a realm that he, that he, doesn't, he doesn't function over in that realm. He doesn't speak over in that realm. He speaks when God speaks to us, he speaks to us spirit to spirit. So we have to resist the temptation of taking things over into the realm of reasoning. Does that make sense? It's like the woman, that woman at the well of Samaria. Jesus, Jesus wanted to talk to her and minister to her concerning something spiritual. He said, I have water 
uh, that you that you know not of. The water that I give you, if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Jesus was talking to her about the things of the Spirit. You know, by the time he persuaded her that something supernatural was going on, the minute he persuaded her of something supernatural, she got in the flesh. She said, I have a question for you because I, I perceive you're a prophet. I perceive you're a man of God. Uh, where do we worship? My fathers say we worship on this mountain. Your fathers say it's Jerusalem where you are. All of a sudden, she gets into this religious debate and gets into the realm of reasoning. Guess what? If you read, that, if you read the rest of that story of that woman at the well of Samaria, you'll find out that she never did get that living water. She had an encounter with Jesus. She had a supernatural encounter with Jesus. But the Bible never records that she was a recipient of the living water that Jesus said she could have. Amen. And so when, you, when we get over there in the realm of reasoning, then we short-circuit the anointing. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Praise God. That's, that's, that's why we got to be careful. You know, we can, start, we can start in the anointing. We can start in the spirit. We can end up over in the flesh real quick if we don't understand that we've got to lean into the spirit uh, in order to stay in the spirit. I've seen, I've seen this happen uh, in certain, in fact, last, last revival we had, I talked to y'all about it a little bit. I told y'all uh, when uh, Pastor Ben was here, I said, now, you know, I know we're hungry and we're thirsty and the anointing of God was certainly present in the meetings and the spirit of God was present in the meetings. But, um, but I exhorted you and I said, but just because the anointing is present you know, at one point in the meeting doesn't mean you have all day to lollygag around and come up to the front and get prayer anytime. You know, uh, I, I want to encourage y'all to do this from now on. When you're aware of the fact that the anointing of God is present, then you ought to move. But don't twiddle your thumbs and sit around in your seat waiting for the crowd to clear before you go forward. You know why? Because you lower your chances of really getting over in the flow of the Spirit exponentially by sitting around twiddling your thumbs. When the Spirit of God is present, you got to move. There have, been, there have been times the anointing came on me, and the anointing was on me, and I laid hands on about 20 people, and that was about all that got in the prayer line and, and received from the anointing that was on me because about 20 people in, the anointing lifted. And so 20 people were ministered to under the anointing, and then the, the, you know, 200 or so I ministered to after that, I had to minister to them by faith. I laid hands on them in the name of Jesus, according to the word of God, by faith that they would receive whatever it was that God had for them. Well, praise the Lord. Are y'all understanding that? Is that good? So, <clears throat> so when, when, we, when we see the anointing in manifestation... So you say, Pastor Ben comes up, he's like, all right, if you want prayer, come and I'll, I'll pray for you. You know, don't, don't do that thing that, that I've, I've seen you all do. You know, there's a group of people that come forward. And then, you know, as, as Pastor Ben gets ready to get to the last one and, and uh, uh, thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Because, you know, when Pastor Ben was here and that anointing seemed to wane and seemed to... Uh, uh, when that anointing seemed like it was uh, that, that 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 anointing and the what God was doing had run its course, someone would someone. In fact, I don't know why everybody look at me when they're coming too. They're like looking at me and walking up to Pastor Ben, and <laughs> and they're like, 
Stand, then they stand in line. Well, Pastor Ben, going to go sit down. And I'm like, no, you got another one, Scraggler. So he'd lay hands on that one. And thank God, God's grace would come on him, and the Spirit of the Lord would come on him one more time, and he'd have a word for him. Well, just when he thinks he's done, you know, and he's about to sit down, there's another one come up, and then another one. You know, just to, you know, just to, just enough to be annoying. You know, you know what I'm saying? Just enough to, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, that that'd be like you being at. Just, just imagine if you worked a job where um, you were serving customers, and um, right about the time you thought you were going to get off, someone else came in. Now, I don't, I, I've been to the buffet at 11 a.m. when they opened, and the buffet at 11 a.m. is a whole different place than the buffet at 3 p.m. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 11, which one's better, 11 or 3? 11, why? Because it's fresh. Because it's fresh. Because it's first pickings, Amen. See, that's, that's how we ought to be concerning the things. Listen, if you're rolling up here 10, 10 20 minutes after the preacher called for, for people to get to the altar, I'm going to tell you right now, you're, you you got to check your heart. Um, when, I'm, when I'm desiring for the Lord to do something for me, I'm running up there. Amen. I want to be the first. Now, there have been a few times I waited to the last, and I, uh, I knew I shouldn't have. One of them was with Shambach when he slapped me so hard, I saw a bird. I, I might not have got slapped if I'd have got up there sooner. <laughs> but I, I did finally receive. I did finally receive an impartation from that prayer. It wasn't the moment he slapped me. It wasn't until I got off the platform, you know. <laughs> anyway, praise Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we gotta, we've got to go after what God wants for us. For example, um, not everyone will have all the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit uh, in their life for the simple reason uh, that the Bible says, for to one uh, is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Uh, it's, quite, it's quite obvious uh, uh, by reading those scriptures uh, then that uh, all the gifts aren't given uh, to everyone. But one is given here, and to another is given another. So as the body of Christ, let's desire these manifestations, and then let the Holy Spirit manifest himself uh, in our midst as he wills. Um, <clears throat> glory to God. <clears throat> uh, that way we can, uh, we can uh, be uh, founded on the word of God and... Um, some of our, some, I believe some of our wrong thinking keeps us from the best of what God has for, best God has for us. So <clears throat> let's stay in the, in the boundaries of the word of God. Now, uh, let's look at this uh, regarding this scripture. Uh, to one is given uh, by the spirit, the word of wisdom, and to another, the word of knowledge, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. So people sometimes call these, and we talked about this already, some people call these gift of knowledge or the a gift of wisdom, but we we need to. That's not that's not right. We need to tell. We need to call them like they are. Um, otherwise, we will we'll misunderstand them. 
Um, you know, if we, if we called a dog a cat, people would say we were confused. So the gift of the word of knowledge is not the gift of knowledge, and the gift of the word of wisdom is not the gift of wisdom uh, any more than a dog is a cat. First Corinthians 12, 8 is not talking about natural wisdom and knowledge uh, in the general sense. It's talking about just what it says, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And these gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are given supernaturally. They're not natural gifts. Uh, God has all knowledge. He knows everything, but he never reveals to anyone everything that he knows. He just gives various people a word, a part a fragment um, of what he knows. A word of knowledge, for example, uh, is just a fragmentary part of God's knowledge. And so it is with the gift of the word of wisdom. It's not the gift of wisdom. It is uh, the word of wisdom. A God has all wisdom and all knowledge, but he only reveals a part of it to man, <clears throat> that which he wants him to know at any given time. Uh, so the, the, the word of wisdom uh, is confused many times with simple wisdom in the affairs of life. But simple wisdom in the affairs of life is not a spiritual gift. Uh, in the beginning of, of Joshua's ministry, God told him that the key to his success uh, would, would lie in meditating on the word of God. And that's how Joshua was to obtain wisdom in the affairs of life. And y'all have heard me. Uh, quote this verse of scripture and read this verse of scripture, Joshua 1.8, when I referred to a supernatural increase in God's blessing in the area of finance, it says this, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate therein day and night to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Another translation reads like this. It says, <clears throat> it says uh, that thou, thou shalt make thyself prosperous and thou shalt be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Boy, I like that one. Amen. So uh, thou shalt make thyself prosperous and shalt be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. There is a wisdom that's gained through the word uh, through the knowledge of God's word, um, but that's not the supernatural manifestation of the gift of the word of wisdom. Some people think that Solomon's wisdom was a manifestation of uh, this gift of the word of wisdom, but it wasn't Solomon's. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't in the case of Solomon's wisdom. Uh, Solomon's wisdom was given to him by God. Um, just like we read about in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5. Um, you can write it down, look it up later. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Amen. So Solomon had wisdom because uh, he asked God for wisdom, and his wisdom was the, uh, uh, the wisdom of the affairs of life. God's promised that wisdom which we can simply call general wisdom to deal with the affairs of life. Uh, and it's available to everyone who asks for it. God will impart wisdom, but that, that's not the supernatural gift of the word of wisdom. Y'all understand that, right? And so there's, there's a distinction between gaining wisdom through 
the word of God through the reading of the Proverbs and by asking God for wisdom. Uh, the gift of the word of wisdom is altogether different. So in writing to the church, James said that if anyone lacked wisdom, let him ask of God. That's general wisdom. Uh, the wisdom James talking about is to deal wisely in the affairs of life. However, uh, when God sees fit to reveal his own mind and purpose and plan to a man in a supernatural way, he does so by the supernatural manifestation of the gift of the word of wisdom. The supernatural manifestation of the gift of the word of wisdom is not given to everyone. Paul said in uh, 12.8 of, of 1 Corinthians, to one is given the word of wisdom. The verse says that the supernatural manifestation of the gift of the word of wisdom is given to one, not to all. But to one, to one is given, uh, stating that the spiritual gifts are divided severally as the spirit wills. This infers that not, not everyone is going to have these manifestations. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm emphasizing this to you all, because there's this, since there came a generation down the pike that um, was so sensitive and so... Uh, <laughs> so fragile emotionally, so fragile in their uh, souls that they couldn't lose to the, you know, to the point that parents and, and adults thought it was wise to have these children from these generations that have come participate in sports and instead of giving winners trophies, they, own, they give trophies to everyone for participating. Um, <laughs> what that has created is this idea in the minds of people that um, everything ought to be available to everyone. But I want you to know that that is not, that is not the mind of God. God is going to use some of you in the gift of the word of wisdom and some of you are going to get left out because it's not God's will for you to function in the gift of the word. But some of you are going to operate in the gifts of healing, and then others are not going to operate in that gift. You're just not going to do it. You say, well, that's not fair. Oh, no. They're his gifts. He can do whatever he... You're not, in... <laughs> You're not entitled to these gifts. These gifts are just what they say. It is a gift that is given by the will of the Spirit to whomever he desires. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, some, some, people believe, um, some people believe that they've been treated unfairly because they've been treated differently by someone um, in their life. Uh, then, uh, well, I'll, just, I'll say this as an example. You know, one one, at one time I was using Ayla a lot in my examples for um, hungering and thirsting after revival because um, Ayla would, well, number one, she moved here from Indiana. Uh, she went to a revival that lasted an entire year. No matter where the revival was, there she was with her shirt on that had a bullseye target on it. And... Uh, you know, uh, I talked about we ought to be, we ought to make ourselves targets for the Lord. So I don't remember what the shirt said in the front, but 
take me, God, something to that effect. So, but, and then on the back, it had a big bullseye target. Um, you know, Ayla and several of her friends would come bouncing in uh, to the services. And, and there they would be, man, hands uplifted, pressing into God. Well, that went on for the, the whole time that I was there in uh, Richmond, Indiana. Well, then she came to Oklahoma City, and she was at every, not just every service. Listen, if, if we were going to clean a window at church, Ayla was there with a bottle of Windex and a roll of paper towels. I mean, she was at, she, she attended everything all the time. Uh, when we had revival in Lawton, she uh, had to get up for work at five in the morning, but she drove every night when she got off of work at 4.30, drove the two, two hours, was it two hours? She drove the two hours to Lawton, which put her there just on time, in time for church. And then she'd sit and listen to a long-winded preacher, uh, get in and amen, get in the flow of the spirit, hang out on the floor, talking in other tongues, praying in the spirit, drunk in the Holy Ghost. And you know, if, uh, if I was going out to have something for dinner, she was going to be there, you know? And so there we were at the drive-in or at the burger place, and there was Ayla. And so she'd roll into town about the time I would, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. She'd go to bed and start the whole process all over again and did that for 30 weeks. And every revival that, that we had. So I was using her as an example. And you know what? You know what happens when I start using someone as an example around here? People get their drawers in a bunch. Pretty soon, pretty soon, Ayla's getting kickback from people. Ayla's like, hey, y'all. And they're like, <laughs> Ayla getting kickback because I used her as an example of, you know, being hungry for revival and thirst for revival. And people mad because not, not, listen, uh, I don't know why they're mad at Ayla. They ought to have been mad at themselves. Now, it must be nice to be able to go to revival. Well, it depends. Depends on who you ask. No, actually, it just depends on what time you ask. If you're asking at 2.30, 1, 1.30 in the morning, and you got to get up at 5, you know, that's not really what's going through your head. When you're rolling out of bed at 5.30 in the morning and having to go to work, that's not necessarily what's in your head. Now, when you're driving to revival and you're one hour into the drive, that's not necessarily what's in your head. But when you're standing at the altar in the presence of God and you ask then, you're like, oh, yeah, it's nice. It's real nice. Glory to God. But anyhow, I'm, I'm saying that to say this. You know, some people were like, well, that's, Ayla's just, she's just, she, Ayla's the teacher's pet. She's pastor's favorite. She, he just likes her better than he likes everybody else and, and this and that. Well, well, here's, guess what? You know, there are people that God, that God favors at different times when it seems like you're not being favored. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, you know those people that will make themselves available for the, the Spirit's use, that the Spirit will use them, and if you're not available, He'll skip over you? Let me ask you a question. You know, there have been times I've, uh, I've said this, and, um, and different people have, have filled this role different times, but you, some people, you see me on, on Facebook every now and again, post a post like this, hey, if anyone's available to help me clean the airplane, I'll be cleaning the airplane if you, if you want to help me out. 
boy, I sure would appreciate it. And there are some people that make themselves available to do that pretty regular. And do you know when, when certain people make themselves available? <laughs> now, I'm trying to think. Melody's never been up. Now, this isn't any, I'm not saying anything disparaging to Melody. Uh, maybe if she had the opportunity, she'd be glad to do it. Probably hadn't had the opportunity much, being that she's, I say she's new. Gosh, y'all have been here almost two years, really. But, um, but let's just take Melody, for example. Melody's never gone to help me clean the airplane. Or, or Jasmine. Jasmine's never helped me, you know, come over and help me clean the airplane. Maybe she's lacked opportunity. Maybe she didn't know about it. You know, maybe she... <clears throat> now, wouldn't it be silly for Melody or Jasmine to get mad if I posted a picture of me, Anna, Tyler, Ayla, and Cherie cleaning the airplane. Who do they think they are? <laughs> they just think they're all that. There they are, hanging out with Pastor Zeke. They just think they're all, you know, some people get special treatment around here. Well, yeah, you know, here's, you want to know the truth about it? If you've, never, if you've never helped me clean the airplane or if you've ever said, you know, I don't really want to do that. And there have been people that told me that. Nah, call me when you're going to go flying. I'll fly with you, but I'm not going to clean the airplane. You know, those aren't the people that get called on. Those are, listen, those aren't the people I'm calling. If I'm in a pinch and I need the, you know what, if I'm in a pinch, I need the airplane cleaned. I know I got three people in here tonight that I'm going to call for sure. Ayla, Shree, and Tyler. You know why? Because they're regulars. They are regularly there. Now, Anna would come if she had availability because she's always been happy to come. In fact, anytime I've asked her, even on a Saturday, she dropped what she's done and said, yeah, you know, she's not much for getting in and flying, but she'll clean the thing. <laughs> One time, one time, I thought I was being a blessing because one time she came and she's like, I'm ready to clean. I said, you know what? Before we clean it, let's all jump in and go. I'll take you all to a restaurant. We'll go and eat at this Mexican restaurant in Ponca City. I, I, watched, I watched Brown Anna turn white. <laughs> I mean, she turned just as white as can be, man, as white as a piece of paper. She said, ah, can I pray about it? <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, Anna, it'll be fun. <laughs> she's back there hanging on boy. <laughs> she was so, listen she was so nervous she couldn't even clean the airplane afterwards she's like I gotta go man <laughs> but you know when you make yourself available have I said this already before y'all look like I've said this before when you, when you make yourself available now here's the deal man if you, if you want to be used in the gifts of the spirit don't come strolling in in the middle of <laughs> I'm not talking, I'm not talking about, I'm, I, and this is not, you know, some people think we say this stuff as preachers because, you know, we're trying to, you know, what, what, for whatever reason, honestly, for me, <laughs> I don't care if you're light, it, it don't make no difference to me, to me, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't care less. You can stroll in here five minutes before. I'm happy to see you five minutes before we're leaving. 
But if you want to be used by the Spirit, I don't imagine I'm going to get too many uh, I'm going to get too many people wanting me to marry them if every time uh, someone wants me to marry them, I show up to the wedding uh, midway through the ceremony when they found someone else to do it. And I roll in and say, hey, I'm here now, and I really feel like I need to finish this. I mean, because the Lord is no respecter of persons, and I don't want to feel left out. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> you know, there's, there's some that have said, Pastor, I want to preach. But heck, I don't know what day you're going to come, so how can I put you to preach? You, you know what I'm saying? How can I put you to preach when I don't know what day you're going to come? Yeah, or the whole time I'm preaching, you're on your phone. How, but I'm, I'm, I'm pointing that stuff out. I'm, I'm not trying to throw. I'm not trying to throw no shade. I'm not trying to throw no shade. Y'all have to hear this for the reason I'm saying it. Because some of you really want to be used by the Spirit. But if you want to be used by the Spirit, these are things that you're going to have to pay attention to. Because you know, if you really want to be used by the Spirit, come on now. I mean, if I want to, uh, back, in the, back, in the, back in the day, and even somewhat today, there are people that are, uh, that are workers, that are unemployed, that would like to work and like to have a job, that work construction, and some of them go stand out at Lowe's or at Home Depot. And you know what? The earlier you get there, the better your chances are of getting work. See, what we don't realize is that God is looking for those that are available. God's looking for those that are accessible. Those that, he can, those that he can choose, those that he can pick out and say, you. And you know, I'll be honest with you, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get over in the realm of reasoning when the Spirit of God came on us if we knew that God is looking for people that will act. God's not looking for people that will ponder, that will reason. God's looking for people that will respond, that will act, that will do what he's asking them to do. Amen. Amen. So that's something that we have to practice. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm trying. I'm trying. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know for some of us, it's, and listen, honestly, I wish some of you weren't saying ouch right now because I'd, I'm not saying, I wish some of you weren't saying ouch instead of amen. You know, like, ow, boy, this, yeah. You know, I, I was, I, I, Gil was in a meeting where I said, you know, if you can't say amen, just point at me and say, you're talking to me, Pastor. And Gil was the first one, you're talking to me, Pastor. I was like, amen, amen, amen. You know, uh, I, I, think, I think that you all think that I'm, uh, and, and this is what we thought about preachers. I know this for sure, that we think preachers are getting up there that we're just throwing zingers at people. 
that we're like throwing shade or just burning people. Because the way we respond, we're like, ooh, oh. You know, it's like we're, 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 we're on wild out or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's Nick Cannon, you know? <laughs> and not that I ever watched the show, mind you. But anyway, you know, but these guys be throwing, you know, these guys be throwing some crazy stuff out there sometimes. And, and that's, we act like that's what's going on here. Like, Pastor, both Pastor, woo, Dick, boy, Pastor was burning some, they was, he was roasting some people today. You have to understand, that's not, the, that's not the purpose of me saying this. I wish nobody was getting roasted right now. Because you know what? I would say this whether or not people were here that fall into that category. Because just like tithing, I'm, I'm teaching this because there are principles that are true. I'm not, I don't preach on tithe at this church because we got a bunch of non-tithers. I don't preach on offering. But listen, we got money in the bank and we're blessed and people doing what seemingly what's right in at least in the area of giving. But I, I teach on that subject because I want us to be, I want us to be on that, on the on the cutting edge. I want us to remember how to walk in the in the manifestation of the blessing. And I want you all to walk in the manifestations of the Spirit. So you know what? When you come and you, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know what I used to do? I'd come to church early and I'd kneel down on the next to the chair and I'd begin to pray. And it didn't matter whether people came in and were chatting it up. My place, my place was always a place of prayer before church. When I was when I was looking for God to use me, and sometimes I'd fall asleep, but I was working it out. I was working it out. I was watching and praying. I know it didn't say sleep and pray, but I, <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was doing. But you know, one time, and I think I, I, I gave you all this testimony. One time when I was praying like that, I was doing that at home. I was next to my bed praying, and I, I, I fell asleep praying, which would normally make me feel bad. But as I fell asleep, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw myself walking into my mother's house and pointing at my sister-in-law who was sitting on the couch putting my finger toward her belly, knowing that she had something wrong in her female organs in the dream. When I laid my hands on her in the dream, she fell out under the power and was healed. So after I had that dream, I woke up. Well, you know what? That day I was going to my mom's house, but my sister-in-law wasn't supposed to be there. It was just me, my younger sister, and my older sister were going to go visit my mom. And so <clears throat> we got in the car to go, and this was me, this was me just praying and falling asleep. But I'm I'm pressing in for the Lord to use me. This ought to be good news for some of y'all. Because some of y'all, it's hard for you to pray without sleeping. You, you thought that's what the scripture said: pray without sleeping instead of pray without ceasing. <laughs> But, but you know what? When you, when you make the effort, you know, when is, it, when is it that you're successful at walking after the Spirit? Anybody know? When are you successfully walking after the Spirit? Is, is, it, is, it, is it when you're over there doing all these spectacular things for God and you're all shiny and bright? And when, are you, when, when does walking in the Spirit start? When you make up your mind, you're going to do it. 
Y'all know good and well. You're like, I'm getting on an exercise routine. You know good and well that exercise don't start when you start exercising. Exercise starts when that alarm rings. (laughs) And everything in your body says, hit the snooze. I watch Andy go through this exercise twice a week. That alarm goes off and (laughs) it's either snooze or get out of bed. (laughs) This last time she went to exercise, she almost didn't get out of bed. That bed was too warm that morning. I was too good looking for her to leave behind. (laughs) But you know when her exercise started? Her exercise didn't start when she felt like, oh yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. That's not when it started. It started when she dragged herself up off the bed, started putting her shoes on, started putting her, while she's, you know what? While she's on the way to to uh, to the gym, to the personal trainer, that's, she's already, she is already in the workout process because that's a part. So when you're walking after the spirit, it's not when you've been, it's not when you have these uh, victories, it's when you get up and you, 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 you start the process. When you wake up, when you're on your way to prayer, when you're on your way to church. When you're on your way to revive, when you're on your way to these things, when you're on your way to worshiping God. Are y'all hearing me? And so for me, I was there, I was praying, I was on my way. Fell asleep, had the dream. Got, got, in real life, got in my sister's car, headed to my mother's house. And when we're headed to my mother's house, I'm in the back seat and I ask my older sister who is driving, I said, hey, um... I just, I just asked her this question um, out of curiosity because of the dream. I said, hey, um, is Lisa sick? Which is my sister-in-law. Is Lisa sick? I said, I don't mean like with a cold or anything. I said, is she real bad sick, like something serious? My sister looked at me in the mirror. She said, um, so mom told you. I said, no, mom didn't tell me nothing. She said, no one was supposed to tell you. I said, nobody told me nothing. I said, before you say another word, let me tell you what happened to me. So I went through it because I knew. Glory to God. We talk about seeing and knowing, right? That's word of knowledge. Seeing and knowing is operating the gift of the word of knowledge. I knew that this would be a testimony of the ability of God. If I would tell my sister before she said anything to me. So I didn't let her talk. I said, don't say a word. I said, uh, when I was praying today, I, I, uh, I didn't tell her I fell asleep. I had a vision. <laughs> I didn't think it would be as impactful if I said, I fell asleep while I was praying and had a dream. So I, I said, I had a vision. When I, when I was praying, I said, and I walked into mom's house and Lisa was there. And I said, when I saw her, she was sitting on the couch. And um, I said, I pointed at her in the dream, and I had her stand up. And then I said, then I pointed at her, at her, what looked to me like her belly. But I knew that she was having problems in her female organs. And so uh, I prayed over her. She fell out under the power onto the, onto the couch, and the Lord healed her. I said, now tell me what's wrong with her. She's been diagnosed with cervical cancer. Yeah. 
I was like, is Lisa supposed to be at mom's today? My sister said, no. I said, she, I told her, I said, I said, this is for you. She will be there. She will be sitting on the couch. When we walk in, I'm going to have her get up and I'm going to pray for her and the Lord is going to heal her. We got to my mother's house, knocked on the door, opened the door. When we walked in, my sister-in-law was sitting on my mother's couch just where I had seen in that dream. I looked at her and just like in the dream, I pointed at her and I said, well, today's your day. Glory to God. I didn't know what I said in the dream. So I just said whatever I wanted to say. I was like, today is your day. Good news. The Lord has something good for you. I said, stand up. I said, this uh, this cancer that they have found in you is going to go today in the name of Jesus. I laid my hands on her belly, put one hand on her belly, one hand on her head. The fire of God hit her. She fell out into the power on my mother's couch. And to make a long story short, she was 100% healed of that cancer. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Now, that all happened from praying and falling asleep. But you know what the deal was? Availability. Being accessible to the Lord, accessible to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm just thinking of them notifications that come up on our phones that we pay so much attention to. You know, maybe we need to shut off all of our notifications on our phone so that we can be accessible to the Lord and we can start getting some of his notifications. Amen. Amen. Pay more attention to what he is saying and then get to the other stuff when we get around to it because that other stuff we can get around to later. I know some of you are like, I'd get fired. Well, you don't know that because you've never ignored it. <laughs> Amen. So when when we when we do that we make ourselves available to the Lord. There're going to be some people that make themselves man. There're going to be some people that make themselves more available than other people make themselves. So wouldn't wouldn't it uh wouldn't it make sense then? I mean, I think we, it would be safe to assume that if someone makes themselves more available to the spirit, then they're probably going to be used more by the spirit. So you want to make sure <laughs> that you get in that line of availability and accessibility that you that you're there and you're letting the Lord know that you want to be used by him. You want to be first pick. You want to be first pick. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Amen. Not every one of you are going to be used in the word of wisdom, but those of you that are, it's going to be awesome. Praise God. So, um, so we said the word of knowledge is a supernatural uh, revelation by the spirit uh, of God concerning facts that are in the mind of God, uh, facts about people, places, things, uh, past, present. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God. So do you, can you, do you understand the difference between the two? So the word of knowledge 
is supernatural revelation by the Spirit concerning facts in the mind of God. Facts about people, places, things, either in the past or the present. But the word of wisdom is supernatural revelation by the Spirit concerning the divine purpose and plan of God. It's not just about facts. It's divine revelation about what God's purpose is, what God's plan is. In other words, concerning the future, uh, maybe of, of someone in the mind of God. The word of wisdom is the better gift because it's a revelation concerning the plans and the purposes in the mind of God. It's not just facts or information. So like a word of knowledge, there have been people like William Branham who had words of knowledge. They, they'd tell people their addresses. You live at 613 6th Street. That's impressive. But there's something better than that. Better than just having a... Because how does that help you if I know your address? I mean, it will blow, it blow, it'll blow your mind. See, see, we got we got people looking for inf we got people that are looking for information out of the mind of God. There, there are people that actually spend their time trying to get. Um, we 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 went to one church, and I'm not trying to be disparaging toward anyone, but we went to one church. It just boggles my mind why anyone would do this. But they're like, I'm believing God to give me social security numbers. Why? How's that going to help someone if you go up to them and say two eight two four nine three six four three? I mean, but if that if that's your social, you might be like, oh, that's me. I, 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 that's my social security number. Well, praise God. Let's all worship God. Amen. Now, how exactly did that help that person? See, so the gift, now the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Now, remember we talked about these gifts will work together many times. And so you will see the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom work together many times when they're in operation. Because... The gift of the word of knowledge by itself, it's, I mean, if you have a word of knowledge, if I walked up to you and had a word of knowledge, Lindsay, you have, you know, some, and let's just, God forbid this really was a word of knowledge, but just for uh, example, Lindsay, I see you have gallstones. I, I'm, by the mind of God, I, you know, by the word of, wisdom, but word of knowledge, I, I hear in my spirit that you have gallstones. That's, that's, that might be good information to know. But the word of wisdom, by revelation of the Spirit, will reveal what God's purpose and God's plan is about that word of knowledge. So I might have a word of knowledge, you have gallstones, so what's the word of wisdom? Well, is God going to fix it or not? Are you going to receive your healing or not? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, if you got a gift of the word of knowledge that works with the gifts of healing, well, then you're in good shape because if I called out your gallstones and I'm also functioning in the gifts of healing, then you can expect that I heard about your gallstones because God intends on healing them. But the gift of the word of wisdom, which is, which is where I have functioned probably most of my ministry is in the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, because those two gifts function a lot uh, in fact, if, if, if someone functions uh, in the office of a New Testament prophet, oh, I'm about to say something. I'm about to say something that's not going to be popular. <laughs> a 
well, I mean, not, you guys here won't think nothing about it, but if there's some people listening, they might get their drawers in a bunch over it. But if you really are a New Testament prophet, then there are two gifts that will absolutely positively work in your, in your ministry and in, your, in that office, and that is the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom. They have to for you to function in that office. Because God's got to show you what, God's got to give you information. He's got to give you facts. And then he's got to show you what his purpose is, what his will is, what his desire is. You see there? Does that help y'all at all? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge? All right, so... Um, <laughs> I have an example. I'm just trying to pick one here. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that one was that one was recent. That's what I was trying. I was trying to bring one that was a more uh, more recent. Um, yeah. Uh, so can I tell that? That be good. So Rachel's daughter was here a couple weeks ago. Is that right? And um, she was sitting over here, uh, Brie, was it Brianna? And um, she was sitting over here, and I began to give her a word of knowledge. <laughs> and I'll just tell you a part of what, what was said. One of the things that I said was, I see the Lord taking and moving you geographically out of where you're at and putting you somewhere else. Um, and something along the lines of that men wouldn't be in control, that men didn't have, men, men might have said, oh, you can't go or you can't do that or you can't do this, you can't. But the Lord said, they can't tell you what to do when I've told you what to do. You're gonna, but the Lord said, the Lord said uh, um, he's going he's gonna to take and pluck you up. And before that, I had told her about some things that uh, words, some words of not some things that were uh, only God would know, and family, close people, people that were close. So we went to lunch, and sitting at lunch with Rachel's daughter, I sat down at their table for a minute because we got separated. It was too long of a wait for us to get a big table together. And so I sat down because I wanted to tell her how much I loved her, and I was so glad that she had come. And, uh, and I wanted to tell her, man, that was a great word. That was a great word you received. And I said that. She began to cry, and she was... Uh, she said, you don't even know. And so she began to expound on that. What she told me was, you don't know this, but they just told me, I, I've been living in this house, supposedly had been given to me, but the family of the people, of the person that gave it to me, have given me just uh, three months or six months, I got to get out. They've given me six months to get out, I've got to move. And so uh, through that word, she, she, now, now she knows, now she knows, uh, God identified the fact that some people were trying to control where, you know, where she's living. 
God identified that through the word of knowledge. And the word of wisdom said this. God said, I'm going to pluck you up out of there. I'm going to move you somewhere else geographically. So the purpose of God was revealed in that. Now, you know what? She didn't know what the purpose of God was till that moment. She didn't know what she was going to do. But minute she found out, God said, I'm about to pluck you up out of there and put you somewhere else. She was like, glory to God. Amen. You know, that'll, that'll help. Now, if I'd have just said, you got kicked out. She might have been like, how did he know? She might be scared of me, but how does that help her? Until, until God gives a revelation of what his purpose is, what his plan is. So did that, did that help, Anna? Amen. The word of, the word of knowledge part was that men were trying to control where, what she was going to do. And um, so the control part was that they had kicked her. They said she had to get out in six months. And they really think they're in control of that, but they're not. And they might, you know what? They might think they're in control of that all the way to the point of six months. But it don't matter what, it, now it don't matter. You know why? Because Brianna knows the mind of God. And she, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So the word of knowledge will always talk about the past or the present. Some, something in the mind of God about the past or the present. The word of wisdom will always talk about the future. What's God's purpose? It's a revelation. It's about things to come. It's always about things to come. So the word of wisdom will always be about things to come. That most, many of you have heard me give many words of wisdom. I prophesied over people here on Sunday, words of wisdom. I mean some, some incredible words of wisdom. Um, boy, I wish uh, uh, Lois was here today because I took her to lunch the day I uh, prophesied over her. Um, and she began to expound on what those words meant. Um, I believe I told her, uh, and I don't remember. I'm going to go to Ayla here. Maybe she remembers what I told her. But I said something to her along the lines of, you came here, you came, you needed a word from God or something along that. It started out in general, kind of like that. And it seemed to me to be very general, what I was saying. But, um, but then the word of the Lord expounded on, you know, some things that were getting ready to happen and that needed to come to pass, which all went along with things that she knew and things that she Let's see, things which she confirmed when we sat down at lunch um, that day. I was in, um, I was over in uh, Millerton, and uh, there, was a, there was a man there. I got a word of knowledge about this man. I looked at him, and I saw that he had had an injury in his body that had left him debilitated. That was the word. I said, you've been left debilitated. You are, uh, I didn't tell him he was handicapped. I told him that he had been disabled by this injury. I said, you've been disabled in some way by this injury. I don't know what this injury is. I don't know what had happened. All I know is that something happened, uh, some kind of accident in some way, and you've been disabled. 
And the Lord, the Lord, and here, that was the word of knowledge. Here was the word of wisdom. The Lord says that you're going to leave here whole today, that you're going to walk out of here without that disability in the name of Jesus. So that man, when he heard me give that word, he, he shuffles out into the aisle and then begins to limp to the front and drag his leg because he was, he was disabled. I asked him, what happened? He said, I had an accident. I can't remember. He went into the details of it, but he had had an accident. We laid hands on him and prayed. When we laid hands on him and prayed, the Lord touched him and brought him out. Now, he didn't leave there 100% uh, without any symptoms, but boy, I'm going to tell you right now, when he walked back to his chair, he didn't drag that foot. Amen. The Lord healing him in the name of Jesus. All right, praise God. So uh, I, could, I could give you more examples of that if you, if you needed them. But so you got it. Any other questions right now, real quick, before we... Let's, let's do that because we're running out of time. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be obedient, and you guys know, I always tell you guys I'm trying to press into God and find my purpose and everything like that, and I think I kind of know a little bit, but this whole time, after you um, talked about your aircraft and everything like that, I've never seen a post uh, about that. I would have definitely helped you, you know? Uh, <laughs> I've never seen one, but I haven't been, I haven't been um, friends on Facebook with you that long. Yeah, but um, I just felt I didn't feel convicted or anything because I go to all the revivals and yes, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be I don't even know what the word is um, a butt kisser or whatever. <laughs> but um, I felt and I'm trying to be obedient to God and I, now I'm at the point that I'm like okay God I'll do it I'll say it um, and I'm not annoyed with him. Because this is what I asked for. I asked for him to, to speak to me and put that feeling in inside of me. And I, I, I'm very grateful for that. But um, you guys know I'm a disabled veteran. I'm going to school right now for radiology. And I have, I have time on my hands. But what is placed in my heart, Pastor, is that I need to tell you and I need to speak it out loud, because this goes for everybody in the church as well, that I'm available I'm available for you and the church and the people Amen. of the church. Praise the Lord. So that's what was placed in my heart, and I'm just being obedient. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So Amen. Go. Amen. Yeah, I haven't put one of them posts up in a while. Okay. <laughs> probably uh, last year, two years ago, probably the last one I put up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole church. Uh, the Wednesday night group will all be there with their little towels, ready, you know, spray bottles and towels. What do we do, Pastor? Well, we'll have that done in 10 minutes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, so those gifts, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wit. Now, here's a, we, like I said, we went to a, we went to a church where they were, it was like, I'm, I'm going to get social security numbers. That's wonderful. But what for? Just so everybody can say, ooh, ah. Now, now here's the thing. That's, it's wonderful to get. A, a, a nugget of, of, of knowledge supernaturally out of the mind of God. 
But it's what, it's what is done with that. And I've seen people's entire ministries be ministries where they just gave people these, this information. And um, while it was a blessing to those people in the moment, it didn't really help them in their future. Uh, one of the things that I think, um, and I've, I heard this said uh, by a man when we were in uh, uh, Blackwell, Oklahoma, his name's Robert Johnson. Um, we were preaching for him at his church. And he said, you know, he said, uh, um, he said, you, there's a, there's a, the, the gift of God works in you in a very unique fashion. He says, in that you don't just give people information that, that is to them useless. He said, you have information and then you give them why God's giving you that information. And he says, and he said, I've never seen that like that before. He said, usually people come in here and they're telling people something and then they don't tell them nothing about what to do with it. He said, but the Lord really uses you to tell. And you know what? That has been how the Lord has done. As he's, and that's the, that's the gift of the word of wisdom. Amen. And uh, I don't know that I've ever uh, acknowledged how much the Lord actually uses me in that particular gifting, but he, he certainly does. And he'll use you in that gifting as well. Praise God. Any other questions? Yeah. So if, if people in, in the church and in the body of Christ aren't giving gifts of the Spirit, and they can, you know, all gifts of the Spirit can be given as well to that person to use when they get in the Spirit. Is that right? Everyone, the Bible says that he's given the gifts to every man. In other words, you ought to function in some spiritual gift because those gifts were given for everyone. So what the Scripture implies is this. Every one of you, he wants to use you in spiritual gifts, but he doesn't want to use every one in the same gift. Right. These gifts are dispersed severally as he will, as he desires. And so he'll give one this gift and another this gift and another this gift. And, and you'll, what you'll find out is, is that God will use every one of you in this church. Because some of you are like, well, man, you know, what, what you're saying, Pastor, is that these people that make themselves available, they're going to get used and the rest of us are going to get left behind. We're never going to get to know. You don't understand. They're going to get used in what God wants them to do. And then you've got to jump in to what God has you to do. Amen. Listen, I watched a man. I watched a man named Dale Gentry. Dale Gentry, is a he, he functions in a prophetic office. He called me out one time. and He gave me a word. He's like, he's from, he's from Texas. <laughs> he's from Texas. So he got a Texas accent. He got a Texas drawl. He's got one of them Texas drawls. So he's like, Ziggy, Ziggy Sanchez. I have a word for you, Ziggy. That's how he talks. He says, uh, I might have a now word. I might have a past word or I might have a future word. He said, but it's going to be a good word. And then he began to prophesy over me about revival. And he began to talk to me about the moving of the Spirit. And he began to talk to me about how that God, in fact, it was in that, in that prophecy that he said, I'm taking you out of churches. The Lord told me this through Dale Gentry. He said, I'm taking you. You've been influential in single churches, but God says, I didn't call you to be influential in single churches. I've called you to be influential in uh, regions, in communities, uh, in uh, states, 
He says, enlarge geographical areas. God said, I'm going to take and I'm going to make your influence go out. You're not going to just go and preach to a church anymore from now on. And the Lord says, and eventually he says, I'm going to take you out of the church building and I'm going to put you in open fields. I'm going to put you in auditoriums. He says, I'm going to put you in large areas and people are going to be drawn to you from everywhere because the Lord said, that's how I'm going to use you in the last days. And, uh, but the Lord said, the Lord said, uh, uh, several other things concerning, uh, oh, miracles. Yes. And, and I, you know, I didn't think about that, but he said that he said, God said, he's going to use you in extraordinary miracles in the last days. Extraordinary miracles are going to abound through your ministry. Signs and wonders are going to follow your ministry. Signs and wonders. He said, Ziggy, signs and wonders. Well, right at that moment. Now, listen, this is how this worked. At that moment, a guy comes in on the piano. Uh, Stan Pody. Stan Pody, the money cometh song guy. You know, I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, in the fruit of my body. All that it yields, money cometh. Y'all have heard me sing it, haven't you? Money coming to me for the sake of the gospel. Money coming to me. Stan Pody. He's there and he starts to sing. All of a sudden, he starts singing that prophetic word. He, he starts singing. A, he wrote a song of my prophetic word on the fly. He starts singing my prophetic word. And then he get he adds to it. He's, he's, he's singing, oh, Ziggy, I've called you to do Reebok everywhere you go. Your influence won't be at church, but it will be where. I mean, he's going to town, man. I mean, he's playing, oh, Ziggy, I have called you. And then he, then he stops. No, no. When you stood up, I saw you on TV. When you stood up, I saw you on TV. Don't know where, don't know when that will be, but when you stood up, I saw you on TV. I mean, it's crazy. People will join together to help you to accomplish what's in your heart. People will join together to help you accomplish what's in your heart. Ziggy Sanchez, that's what God says. It's your turn now. Da da do 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 do. That's, that's the gifts of this. That's the manifestation. There. Listen, there are some of you God wants to use you that way. You've never rhymed. You've never rapped. You've never sung. You've never had. But the spirit of God wants to break forth in you. In them. See, that, those are, that was the gift of the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, by operating through song. Isn't that great? Now, see, what will happen is, is that one will do their part, and then the next one will do their part, and then the next one will do. Are you all hearing me today? Glory! Amen. Pretty soon nobody can come in here without... <laughs> that'd be so, so that's what, when you're talking, when we... Get back to Sheree. When we're talking about that, that's what the scripture is really trying to say. So here, here's the thing, though, that you have to be okay with. You got to be okay with however God's going to use you. If you think God threw you a cheap gift... Listen, don't do that. I thought that. But y'all are here. Right. And y'all have been on the other end of that gift. And, you, and, and I, when I say that, when I say, I felt like God gave me a cheap gift, y'all laugh. 
Because you're like, are you kidding me? We've been on the other end of that gift. Don't be calling it cheap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because God, when anything God touches and he anoints, it has power. It has that thing of heaven on it. And it, uh, it's transformative. So I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for, but that's the answer I'm given. That's my final answer. Well, I was just saying, too, that, like, in the church, like, I know I remember growing up in church, and there was so many people used in, like, um, a message in tongues, tongues and then interpretation. And I right? know that there's people, like, God will use anybody yielded, but there's also seems to be unique individuals yeah. that were used constantly. And so right. that's what I was getting to was there's people that can yield themselves and be used in any of the gifts as the spirit wills. But then there's also those people that have been given other gifts besides those of um, discerning of spirits and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's as he, and the will. other ones, yeah, it's gifts as, of healing. It's as he will. Yeah. It's not as uh, we will. It's as he will. So that, that does mean that some of you, you're going to, you know, Talisha might get a tongue. And she might get out there and be like, and she may not want to do that. She may be like, Lord, let Cherie, she, Cherie talks, let her do it, you know? you know? Cherie ain't afraid to say nothing out loud, give it to her. Don't do that. Let God use you. But, but say, say Talisha gets a tongue. You know what? You got to let her rip tater chip. But here, here's, here's what'll happen is sometimes you find out that there's like one or two people within a, a particular body that the Lord will use to give a tongue. Just one or two of them. And some people are like, well, they always have a tongue. That's right, because that's their deal. Yeah. Now find your deal. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's right. Well, and God didn't ask you. Right. God didn't ask you. God's going to do it however he wants to do it. And there's some people, they net, that's what they do. The whole time they're in church, um, uh, I've, I've seen people that that was their thing. Brother Wise, you know, old man that was my Sunday school teacher that I tell you about in the Mennonite church. That was his deal, man. He'd come to church. He'd be like, Shendalabiyashandai. You know, I'm, I remember I, Gene Stump, the guy that opened up the door for me. To, he was the president of the Full Gospel Business Fellowship for a while. And that dude had the most eloquent tongue I've ever heard. He was like, Shandaliyashandai. Bandaliyakaliyalibiyalibiyashandai. Amalakalapalalakalabalalake. I mean, all he needed was a monocle. You understand? A monocle and a tuxedo. <laughs> I mean, his tongue. I mean, every time he spoke in tongues, I was like, Pardon me. Do you have any gray poopon? <laughs> But that was his deal. And nearly, nearly every time the Lord used him, it was in, in, in a tongue and interpretation. And if, if, they see, if they see us from heaven, he's laughing right now. But man, he, he really did. God really used him in that way. So Sheree has a point. You know, some of these things we're going to see happen in us, and it's just going to be common. That's how we're... Well, we see it with Nakia every week. Nakia don't get up here all the time preach. Now, see, Nakia wants to preach, and she's preached, but that's not her main thing. You know, people used to ask me all the time, when are you going to put out a CD? When are you going to put out a CD? Listen, just because you can sing doesn't mean you need to be putting out CDs. God called me to preach. God, you know, someone, I said, finally I asked the Lord one time, I remember I was driving in 
my dad's old pickup truck, 1954 pickup, driving home from school. I was still a teenager. I was like, well, Lord, when am I going to make a CD? When am I going to do that? I don't know if it was audible because there was no one in the truck with me, but God spoke to me so loudly that I thought he was in the bed of the truck yelling at me. He said, I didn't call you to sing. I called you to preach. Well, you know what? I, I rather enjoyed singing because I was the lead singer in a heavy metal band. And, I, you know, singing kind of runs in my family. And I, and I enjoy music. And I, I rather enjoy doing that. But when the Lord told me he'd call me to preach, then I knew I didn't have no business making a CD. See, some of you aren't settled with that, though. See, some of you want to preach, but God called you to sing. You know what? You're going to have opportunities. Now, have I had opportunities to sing? Yeah, I've had opportunities to sing. When you're up against a struggle. <laughs> I've done that song so many times. That shatters all your dreams. And my middle name ought to be Taff. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I have opportunities to sing. Here at church, but that's not my that's not my fort, that's not my thing, that's not my main thing. And so I don't do it often. But preach? Oh, I'm doing that all the time. And so some that are called to do other things, you know, yeah, you might preach and it might be all right, but you know what? Do your thing. Do your thing. I've got a I've got a feeling that Shri about to do her thing in a you know, Sheree, I think the Lord gave her lots of words, lots of talk. Honestly, and I'm not being ugly, because you know, Sheree, you, you talk a lot. I mean, right. Sheree, just a chatty person. I am what I am. Yeah, you are what you are. Ted is a chatty person. Ted is a chatty person. <laughs> Everybody like, well, 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 well. I don't but talk you, about washers. Though. Yeah, I know. I talk but you know what the Lord told me about Sheree? The Lord said, reason I gave Sheree, reason I gave Sheree lots of words is so that she could identify the difference between when I'm talking through her and when she's talking through herself. When she's talking through herself, she got lots of words. When I'm talking through her, she don't have many words. But the words that she does have are powerful. And you know what? It's true. I've watched Sheree spit out a few words in a few minutes' time, and people bawl their eyes out and surrender their hearts to Jesus. And then I've seen her get up and talk to people for, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. And when she's done, she's frustrated. I don't think they heard a word I said. I was like, they didn't hear you, Sheree. They hear you. Because, you know, Sheree's got her, her, the, that round. Now, you have to be careful that you, because some people are like, well, you just stay in your lane. Yeah, but, you know, y'all have, I, I, you've heard me talk how the Lord has changed my gifting over the, over the years. And so sometimes you depart out of one and, and move into another. But here's, here's what you have to understand is that one, I, I don't know why this is, and I can't give you scripture for it. I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to hunt, but I don't think I can give you scripture for this. But what I have found is that the Lord will not do two, two, I, you will not come and you, when, I, when I'm ministering healing to sick people and the gifts of healing are in operation, you're not going to hear me prophesy. It's not going to happen. Because those two things don't work together. That's, I don't know why, but they won't work at the same time. 
it just doesn't, you're not, when I get up and I give an evangelist, if, if, if I'm under the anointing to be an evangelist, you're, I'm not going to minister in the altar with the prophetic because that doesn't go with the evangelist. Now, I'll probably be ministering healing to sick people if, if I get up under that anointing for the evangelist because that's how that works. But um, some of us, we just want to think we can, it's, it's not as easy to shift gears as you think it is. It really takes time. It's not like you can be an evangelist for half of the service and then be a prophet for the last. That ain't going to happen. I've never seen anybody do that. Never. I'm not even sure you can find Jesus doing that. Whatever he wants you to do, that's what you're going to do. And, uh, but most people, and let me say this, let me say this clear. Most people are not going to function in all ministry offices and in all spiritual gifts. Most people are going to function in a few gifts. And, and if they're called of God, one ministry, one ministry office. If God wants them to, most people aren't even going to serve in a ministry office, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But some will serve in an office, and most people will function in one or two gifts. regular. Lindsay, did you have a question or did you forget? I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to ask, um, so if you get a word of knowledge, doesn't that always require wisdom or gifts of healing? Or, I mean, what, what does that look like if you have a word of knowledge and you said they work together or especially when it comes to healing. Yeah. If it like, for instance, during the service, I believe I had a word of knowledge for headache. Okay. Already. Right. And um, so is that always followed by there's anointing to, for, for healing? Yeah. Pray for someone like what, what does that well, that's, look like? That's what you have to determine is if God has shown you, you know, the Lord has shown me stuff and, um, I've listen, there's stuff I know about some of y'all right now. Don't now don't get scared and don't be God doesn't show me everything. Uh most of the stuff that he shows me, uh did you say sure, Andrew? Did you say sure? Oh, terrible. <laughs> um God doesn't God God doesn't show people everything. Remember the word of knowledge he just gives you. And so some people get scared because they're like, they hear someone like me say that. But here's, you have to understand, the stuff that God shows me, uh, it, might, it might be about something that you're battling with, something that you're struggling with. He, God doesn't show me. I don't think God has ever taken me into anyone's bedroom. So relax. Because <laughs> you know, that's what some people think. He goes, see something out You know what I mean? No. That's it. God, God, uh, God, if he shows me stuff, he shows me things that he wants me to know, and most of it is not, uh, you, you'd be surprised at how God looks at y'all. Some of y'all, you're way harder on yourself than the Lord is on you. But what you have to determine is once God gives you a word of knowledge, what does he want you to do with it? Because sometimes God is just giving you uh, what's on his mind, and he don't want you to do a thing with it. Well, Pray. You know, you can pray about it. Um, 
that's the main reason probably why he's shown. But as far as telling somebody, sometimes he doesn't want, he don't want you telling nothing. You know, so that, there's a lot of things that I've heard. Is that your question? <clears throat> Wisdom, does that, when does that give you the ability to, or when does that tell you, like, the word of shut your mouth? Yeah. I got a word of knowledge about a girl in um, Ch Chickasha. She, I didn't know her, but the Lord had shown me that he had given her faith to raise, he said, I'm developing faith in you to raise the dead. When I gave her that word, everybody in the place, th there was this, oh, I mean, you could, you, the, the, the oxygen was sucked out of the room by everyone, everyone, nearly everybody in the room went, oh, and I thought, well, that, that word must be significant. Because I don't know, but I said, Lord shows me he's given, he's developing faith in you to raise the dead. I said, there's coming a day when you will raise the dead. Then I saw a picture. I saw a picture of her at a funeral, mourning, but I didn't understand what it was. So I went into the office with the pastor that night and he said, do you know who that was that you prophesied? I said, no. He said, did you see on the news where there was a man that was a firefighter? He was uh, fighting brush fires, uh, grass fires, and he was surrounded by the fire and he got burned. And then he lived for about three months and then passed away, leaving behind a wife and a, a couple of kids. I said, I vaguely remember, because, you know, I'm, I, mean, I watch the news, but I don't really watch it. I'm not, I don't watch it anymore at all, but even then I was just kind of waiting on, uh, back in the day, Gary Anglin. But anyway... Um, <laughs> So, and I, I hope I have time for this. Just, just give me a little more second here. Um, a little more second. <clears throat> so, um, he said, that woman that you said was God was giving her a developing faith and her raised dead, that was her husband. He said, what you don't know is that at her, his funeral, she went to his casket and began to try to raise him from the dead. Which is why everyone responded the way that they did. Because she began to call him forth out of that casket. Now here's what you have to understand. Half of his body, half of his face was a skull. Because he had been burned. He lived for a long time like that. But eventually succumbed to his injuries. Now, immediately when the pastor said that, you know what the Holy Ghost told me? The Holy Ghost told me she's still believing for her husband to be raised from the dead. I thought, well, that's interesting. I didn't say a word to the pastor because it was one of those words of knowledge that I didn't have it, any direction for. So I held on to the word. And uh, every night she was coming to the meetings and every night I would see her and I would look at her and I'd be like, the spirit of God would say she'd believe him for her husband to be raised from the dead. And I thought, well, that's unusual. He's been dead for three months. One day we're driving home, Pastor Mike, he looked at me. He said, Brother Ziggy, he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, you know that lady? And he call, called out her name. I said, yeah. He said, um, you know, she lost her husband. I said, yeah, Pastor told me. He goes, um, he said, you know, I get this. I feel like the every time I look at her, the Lord shows me that she's still believing for her husband to be raised from the dead. I said, yeah. He said, have you heard that? I said, Yep. He said, well, what, what should I tell her? I said, nothing, unless the Lord told you what to tell her.
I said, has the Lord told you anything? He said, no, no, just, the, just that. I said, well, then why would you tell her that? You're believing for your husband to be raised from the dead. No, I said, just hang on to it. Just hang on to it till you know what to do with it. Pray for her. Pray for her. So we did. That revival, she was there for seven months, and I knew that for seven months. We came back to a church uh, just down the road, and we were at that church for seven months, and she came to every one of those meetings. And I knew that every day. I knew it every day looking at her. Had that same word every day. She believed for her husband to be raised from the dead. In fact, one day I looked at her, and when I looked at her, I had a vision. You know what the vision was? I saw her take a suit of clothes and hang it on the door. It was his suit. I saw her uh, uh, fluffing up the chair, the uh, pillows on a chair and putting a, a blanket on a, on a chair and putting his slippers at this chair. I saw her daughters helping her to set up his chair. I saw them sit down at a dinner table with a place setting for him, and it was empty, like they were all waiting. The Lord said, it's not just her, it's her daughters too. And they were little. They were, one of them was Mikey's age, and they, they would come to the house, play with, the, play with my kids, all the way from uh, uh, Chickasha. And so I saw that, I saw that. So that was, you know, 14 months. I'm holding on more than 14 months, a year and a half. Long story short, for two years I had that word. For two years. She was in a meeting in Anadarko that I had. Two years later, when the Spirit spoke to me and said, tell her her husband's not coming back. Tell her I've got another one for her. It's time for you to tell her. I was like, I'm supposed to tell her now? He said, tell her now. He said, get ready. She's about to mourn her husband's death for the first time. Do you know how hard that was to give that word? I looked at her, and listen, prophecy is the only thing supposed to be judged. So I, I didn't take the mic down. Listen, I'm, I got something to say to you. Y'all can't hear. I couldn't do that because people had to judge what I was saying. I had to speak it out so that, so that I would know that it was, whether or not it was right, whether it was the Lord or not. Because there had to be witnesses. So I told her, I said, I'm telling you something, I've heard it, for, I've, I've known it for two years, but I've not said a thing. I said, but Lord, tell me to tell you, he's not coming back. Your husband is gone. And you're, he's not coming back. God has another one for you. And if you'll be faithful to the Lord, he'll bring that one. I said, but it's time for you to mourn the death of your husband. You and your children. I said, I, I saw you. I saw you uh, in your house. And I, I told what I, I had seen. She broke down in tears, fell on her knees. Her little girls came and knelt beside her. She, was, she wasn't in no shape to talk. I, I looked at her. We'd already developed a friendship with her by then. I looked at her and, and she said, through tears and hiccups, I'll call you later. So I'm driving home. I get home and at about 2.30 in the morning, my phone rings. Brother Ziggy. I said, yeah. She goes, uh, I had to bury my husband tonight. I said, yes, I know. She said, I knew it was coming. I said, how did you know it was coming? She said, well, it's been so long and 
She said, tonight before church, I told the Lord, Lord, if this ain't going to happen, I need for you to tell me. And you know you can tell me through Brother Ziggy. I'll receive it if you say it through him. If you will tell him that he's not coming back, I'll believe it, and I'll move forward. She said, when I walked in the door, I knew God was going to tell me just what you said. He was already confirming it in my spirit. He said, and when it came out of your mouth, I said yes to the Lord. He said, but you have to know we're brokenhearted. He said, she said this. She said, I can't believe that you knew that we actually put out a plate for him every day. She encouraged her girls. He's coming back. He's coming back. They believed that for two years. But it took two years before that word of knowledge had wisdom behind it. Before there was a revelation of what God's plan was for the future. You get it? So this is... So for me, now, I function in a prophetic office. For, so for uh, that prophetic office is that there's a greater responsibility to really be careful to hear. And now, we ought to be careful all the time. Don't get me wrong. Don't be reckless. But understand that some of these things, people's lives are in the balance, and they need for you to be functioning in the wisdom of God and in the knowledge of God. Not, this is not just so you can get a social security number and be all giddy. I got a social security number. <laughs> you kidding me? Go, go hit a piñata. You know, you can get just excited about candy falling on the ground as you can about a social security number. I mean, this is like a, a party for some people, you know? And people don't realize that God, God's not doing these things so we can be like, oh, what oh, oh. bunch of little 10-year-old girls at a slumber party. It's crazy. So, uh, and it bothers me. It really does. And I know it sounds like I'm being disparaging toward if If the person who said this that I heard say it, and they know I heard them say it, if they were listening to this, they would think I was being ugly. I'm not being ugly. I just think you're being stupid. And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be disparaging. I just don't think that you understand completely why the Lord does these things and you need wisdom. And if you would get wisdom and understanding about these, it would help you. you. You could do something with it. I didn't say they were stupid. I just said what they was doing was stupid. Most people that are charismatic, most of them fall over there in that category of not doing these things for the right reason. Andrew, you had something? So like those two years that he had you hold on to that, so do you think that during that time, like that was necessary for her not to know that in order to develop the faith for raising the dead within that, for that time I period? Think, or? I, don't, I don't think that had anything to do with her developing faith to raise the dead. I think that had to do with how it was going to affect her, uh, how it was, how was going to affect her. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing, I don't know, God didn't tell me that much. I just assumed that she was better able to bear it two years later than she was when I first saw it. And uh, so, you know, sometimes we don't really realize that we're not doing some people good when we tell them. Every, some people will tell everything they hear. And that's why God quits telling some people stuff. Because he's like, man, I can't trust you to hold on to anything. You will tell everything that I say. And not everything that I'm telling you is for you to say. I don't want you to say everything that I'm telling you. 
And so these are, of course, these are things that you get. What do we now? Because some of you right now, you're trying to go through this exercise in your mind, how you're going to do this. You're not going to do it in your mind. You're going to do it by the spirit. So if it happens in the spirit, you know what? You're, you say, how do you know when to share it? Because you know it in your spirit. How do you know when not to share it? Because you know it in your spirit. Don't go to the exercise in your head and go to reasoning when you're when the spirit comes on you and you're operating in the spirit. You do what he told you to do. There's a couple the Lord told them to give $37,000 to the ministry. Well, that's not how it happened. The Lord, the Lord told the wife, said, empty out your 401k, give it to the ministry, to revival. That's a lot of money, 37 grand. How many of y'all know that's a lot of money? That's a lot of money. So the spirit of the Lord spoke to him, said, so that, uh, spoke to her, so that. She went to her husband. She said, Lord told me we're supposed to sow this money. The husband's like, let's pray about it. She's like, pray about it? We ain't got to pray about it. I, don't, I done heard it. He said, well, I ain't heard nothing. She said, well, I heard it. It's my 401k. That's what she told him. And, well, let's talk to pastor about it. Well, you know what? The more people you involve, the more difficult it's going to be for you to be obedient. This is not an exercise of the flesh. It's an exercise of the spirit. And so pastors got involved and there were talks had and counselings given and uh, they came to me and I just flat told them, I said, you know, the longer you roll this around in your intellect, the least likely you are to really be obedient. I said, so if the Lord told you to do this, here's my deal. You better get to getting it done. Well, what if I'm not in agreement? You know, God, if you're at the marriage retreat, you heard this, you know, some couples think that God uh, won't do nothing in your, you know, ask a couple to do something when they're not both in total agreement. Uh, that would be a lie. <laughs> God will tell one and the other have problem with it. And those folks just have to believe and trust that God has spoken to the other. And they have to have something in place to be able to make decisions uh, like this. But you know what? You know what some people will say? You know, y'all can't get together. And then you know what happens? You got one person who's in a marriage who's carnal. And every time they want to keep from doing something, well, I don't agree. Because they know that by default, nothing's done. That, you know why? You know why you, you know, that's why you don't do that. That's why in a marriage, you say this. You say, you know what? God's going to speak to us, and he's, you're going to think you heard something, and I'm going to think I heard something. So we need to decide what we're going to do when that happens. What are we going to do when we don't agree? You know what me and Annie decided to do? She said this. She said, well, you're the priest of the house. I'll leave that burden on your shoulders. If we both hear something different and we don't agree, I'm going to let you make the decision. And then all the responsibility is on you. And if you get it wrong, it's your fault. But if you get it right, it's your fault. So that's how we do. So if I go to Annie and I say, Lord told me to give my 401k. And she's like, Lord told me to give $401 and put a flash card with a K on it in there. That's what the Lord told me to do. You know, maybe that's how that went. And so if, if we're like, well, what are we going to do? You know what she would say? She'd say, well, we've already determined you're going to make the decision. So you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to make sure that I heard from God and I'm going to do what I believe God said, which is probably going to be the 401k because that's what I heard to begin with.
Well, see, now I messed up some people's marriage theology. Yeah, I messed up. Really, that's how you do that? Yep, that's how we've gotten down the road. That's why a lot of people stalled. That's why there's a lot of people stalled. Because there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people that get they, they get so carnal that the, the minute that the minute they want to stall things and keep things from going in a direction they don't want it, want it to go they remember their counselor told them that uh, if you don't agree don't do nothing and so now anytime they want to stop you from doing something they just don't agree and some people kept from doing the plan of God but anyhow uh, that was free there. That was free. Did I answer whatever you was? Okay. <laughs> Andrew's like, I'm afraid to ask anything else. He got over and merged thing there. <laughs> I know. Anyhow. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So my question is this. When God gives you a word like that, how can you provide encouragement without giving the meat and potatoes of what you're not supposed to give? Well, you have to. That's the, that's the other thing is that Many times, and this this one of the things that we face, and I know we're getting we're getting late here. Well, this is one of the things that I face with people in church regularly, is that we we rely way too much on our abilities and what we're capable of doing to do ministry. And ministry, the kind of ministry that God does through us, is not natural ministry; it's supernatural. So what what we do is we're like. And I'll just give you an example. This is one of the things I hear all the time. What can I do to get them to change? Um, Nothing. You're not supposed to be doing anything to get anybody to change because you can't change nobody. But see, sometimes we get it in our minds. So encouragement, you know, sometimes we think that if God shows us someone is discouraged, that it's our duty to encourage. But see, we have to determine if that's really what the Lord wants us to do. Because sometimes that's not really what he wants. So my deal is to pray. Andrew, this is perfect because Andrew firsthand knows about this. When he came to Winners, he had a dream. God gave Andrew a dream. It was a, you know what it was? It was a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. He, he dreamed that this woman that came to their church was a Jezebel and that she was going to tear up the church. So the word of, the word of knowledge was Jezebel. The word of wisdom, tear up the church. And he told his pastor. Now, he told me this when he came to Winter's Church. He told me this when he came to Winter's Church. So God, I said, he said he had that dream. I said, well, Andrew, what'd you do? He said, I went and told my pastor. I said, what'd your pastor say? He said he'd pray about it. I said, awesome. He said, yeah, but he didn't do nothing about it. So I went to him again, he said, because I had the dream again. I went to him a second time. I said, well, what happened the second time? Uh, he told me that he, what, he didn't think that that was something, something like that. Kind of like Andrew was, you know, Andrew, my, in other words, he was telling Andrew to stay in his lane. And it was a little, and it was a little offensive to Andrew because, but Andrew's a cool guy. He's, you know, Andrew don't get all rattled. He's, you know, Andrew's laid back. <clears throat> So Andrew, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking it, Andrew. I'm declaring it over you. <laughs> but anyhow, 
So Andrew, but you know, that was a part, it was discussion about him coming to church. And that was a discussion where I was like, why do you really want to leave your church? And this was a part, it wasn't the whole reason, but it was, it was a good part of the reason why. And so I told Andrew, I was like, well, I said, uh, so Andrew, I said, why, do you, why would you get offended at your pastor for not listening to you? He said, well, he said, I told him twice. He hadn't done nothing about it. I said, well, Andrew, I said, uh, why do you think the Lord gave you that dream? He said, well, to reveal and expose what was going on. I said, yeah. I said, but why did he give you that? What I, said, um, I said, are you the pastor of that church? He said, no. I said, are you in the upper leadership of that church? He said, no. I said, what can you do about that? He said, really nothing. I said, except for what? I said, he said, pray. I said, that's why God gave you the dream then. God gave you the dream to pray because you can't do nothing about it. I said, you went to your pastor. He ain't doing nothing about it. I said, so all you can do is pray. Guess what happened? Jezebel busted up the church. That church no longer exists. It happened just like Andrew saw, didn't it, Andrew? I mean, one minute this woman is in there and she's, she's taking over the youth and whatnot. And, why, and then, you know, there's a big departure out of there pretty soon. You know, uh, they legalize gay marriage and she's married to another woman. She's over this youth group. And so it went, it went real bad. And now, am I, am I telling too much, Ms. Rhonda? Okay. Uh, 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 so, so that, very interesting. But you know what? See, that's what's cool is that you were right. But, you know, uh, you say, well, why did it happen? Well, because God, God put it in Andrew, put, it on, put that on Andrew so he would pray about it. And maybe so he would advise his pastor. But he couldn't make his pastor do nothing. And so he had to determine what it was that he needed to do. And you know what? You know, a part of what it was that he felt like he needed to do that I was giving him a hard time about? He felt like he should leave. Y'all was in the same church. Y'all felt like y'all should leave. Of course, y'all left before Andrew and had come. And I thought, I thought maybe that was most the reason why Andrew was trying to come was because Nikki and Lewis had, had come. And I was like, well, you can't come here just because of Nikki and Lewis. And uh, yeah, 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 y'all got, <laughs> they called you, they called you the Jezebel, didn't they? <laughs> they called you the Jezebel, wrong, wrong person. <laughs> that wasn't who the dream was about. <laughs> you know, I've never understood that because y'all have, y'all have never been nothing but a blessing at Winter's Church, nothing but a blessing. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, but Andrew, uh, that whole deal was, you know, for Andrew that he was, he felt like God was bringing him to Winner's Church. And, uh, and I, was trying to, I was trying to make sure that he was coming for the right reason. So I'm like, <laughs> I was rough, man. I was like, why would we want you? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you're leaving your pastor now. You've been with him forever. He's helped you through all kinds of stuff, and you bailing out on him because he didn't listen to a word you said. And Andrew was like, ha. Huh. But, but you know what? That was, I wasn't, I wasn't being ugly. I was just like, so Andrew, I mean, are you going to, if you tell me something, are you going to leave me or are you going to hang out? Are you going to pray it through? Are you going to help me through this? Andrew's like, I have to think about that. You know, I don't think about that. But he came back again. He said, no, I'm supposed to come. He wasn't detoured. I knew then that he, he, should, he should come. I was like, well, Andrew, you're not going to be detoured, are you? He said, no, I think I'm going to come anyhow. 
whether you, whether you accept me or not, he said, I think I'm coming. I was like, all right, well then, come on, amen. But, but go with me to talk to your pastor. And we did, and that's, that sucked. Because it was just like y'all predicted. And, but you know what? We tried. We tried. Yeah, we tried. And we tried it once, we never tried it again. We tried. He never noticed we never did that with nobody else. Yeah, we well, once you try it, it don't work. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna put people through that again. We're not gonna do that. But I appreciate y'all because I think I think that put a resolve in y'all's hearts too that you're in the right place. And sure did me. I was like, <sighs> we left there. I was like, well, praise the Lord, Amen. <laughs> Glory. It was, it was very liberating that day, wasn't it? I mean, even though it, it, it kind of stung a little bit, when we left, it was like, you really were gone. It wasn't like, hey, let's go call them up, see how they're doing. No, there wasn't no call nobody up after that. <laughs> it wasn't, let's go visit, and let's have dinner with nothing like that. Nope, it was over. <laughs> it was over. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, then. So I think we're, we need to get done. We're past nine o'clock now. And uh, y'all are about to turn into pumpkins. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Did that help anybody here today? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for all that you've said. Lord, we're grateful for your word. We 